Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Naziati Mohammed Yaqub, your host for Talk Architecture Podcast. Continuing the topic on when and why did architecture isolate itself as a profession, Eisenman versus Alexander debate in 1982, part two. Uh, We are now more acquainted with this debate than ever before. And I would like to put it in the context of adaptive adaptive reuse. It is brought to my attention that the old building stock, which, you know, any building in, in the world now, will become an old building stock soon, 10 years, 20 years time, 30 years time. So we can look at examples before how certain building configuration or the design of the building can be adapted for future use. So in the context of sustainable design, uh, sustainable development goals, what are the principles in designing architecture that would assist with us SDGs? And in the context of climate change, zero waste, low carbon, renewable energy, and so on, yeah? Now, the debate here starts with building form. Now, if Eisenman and the deconstructivists since 1981 in the postmodern era of architecture and development insist that because of disharmony is needed to actually make you think about harmony. So the proponents of deconstruction, deconstruction, constructivists or deconstructivists would argue for disharmony because architecture is a language. Architecture converse with the, you know, uh, the urban scape and that architecture could, if it's disharmonious, it could create interesting experiences and add to the value of the urban landscape or urban design but at the same time when we see that these architecture which normally are designed in a way they are not in a linear or rectilinear form but in a curvilinear or in amorphous forms Okay, they're specialized building, but some of them are offices, and some of them could be speculative offices, a type of building, or factory, or museums, or institutions, and so on. Now, the most speculative ones, such as offices, would be too specific in this form <clears throat> that it's difficult to adapt and reuse for a different type. 
just say you wanna <clears throat> convert the speculative office, which is of a curvilinear or an amorphous, um, uh, amorphous form, into a residential, a residential uh, habitable building. So it can't really, and it, can't, it will cost a lot of money to do so. So that means that in terms of SDGs, the type of building that uses that sort of language that Eisenman is, is uh, arguing for is not going to be viable to be converted into a different type, such as a residential building, maybe an elderly housing or housing for people and such. And now we look at the types of buildings out there uh, in terms of a residential building. Can it be converted into a more accessible and universal design building for elderly persons, for example? So we also look at Perhaps in terms of the details, you can change them. That is viable to change them with additional costs. But in terms of the layout, the basic block or the cluster, so never mind the unit design, but the basic block. If it is an existing residential building, it can be converted into an accessible one if, you know, in a minimum cost factor factored in so that we know residential buildings but what about office buildings and other institutional buildings in Malaysia we have examples of office buildings that convert into hotels for example the one that I see in front of me like the Pullman Hotel and that took quite some time before that was done. And there's also legal repercussions as well with regard to these different building types. Um, industrial or factory buildings have difficulty to be converted into residential, apparently, in this country. But that's about the law, and the laws can change. However, when we see back, reflect again, on the Eisenman versus Alexander debate, Alexander merely look at it objectively when he was arguing for harmony. It was more of a generatively um, produced design and the most convenient one would be a linear or rectilinear configuration, obviously in which it's not only in plan, but also in spatial uh, terms of the heights uh, in sections and elevations need to have, in a way, uh, properties that could easily add and subtract from it. So the cost factor would be minimized in terms of regenerating or readapting into a different type. So, yes, Alexander mentioned about the delight that the spaces 
need to offer to the human being, not humane or spaces that are skilled to be closer to the sensorial experience of touch, feel, taste, smell, hear, and vision, and also spatial sense. I mean, some of the examples in his book, The Nature of Order, gives examples of the delight that one needs to have with the building, as opposed to the disharmonious buildings that Eisenman proposes, such as forms that are sort of molded and created in the way that the scale is distorted as well against the order of things. The agenda is to provoke or create a sense of awe in terms of a different kind of space rather than the more familiar ones. But of course, you can also argue that in generative design, you can also have interesting scales and differentiations to create volumes and spatial configurations that could um, also provoke awe and and have a sense of the wonder about it. So you can't really say one or another is much better in terms of providing that factor. So going back to this topic of um, when and why did architecture isolate itself as a profession? It's when it was during this postmodern era with, and now, when is the timeline of things happening now? If it's it the agenda, then you go for disharmony. Or architecture that is kind of like not adapt, easily adaptable. So you kind of waste money or you kind of, you know, you can't really use that architecture for different type. So in this day and time, uh, day and age, do we, can we afford that not to be able to have architecture um, that are able to adapt itself for future use? So, this is a continuation on what we have started to discuss that perhaps we don't have any choice but to go back to a much more objectified and generated design to foresee the future adaptability of the built environment and to look at architecture not just iconically a standalone building but part of a um, urban design and that's what Alexander wanted as well to bring in the bridge between architecture and planning so um what is interesting is that in this debate that was in 1982 everything was fresh people decide I mean architecture profession decided that okay let's play with all these forms using parametric design generated by 
computer-aided software and digital application, uh, <clears throat> Rhino and everything else to, to come up with all this interesting rendering and illustration that we can actually build this stuff. And it's proven out there that this is being built, but how long will it last? When people look at some building types like stadiums and do not see that, like there is a case of a stadium in, in Malaysia in the state of Selangor, which works as a stadium very well, but, but when one look at it as a structure, one can't really adapt, reuse a stadium because it's that form where it's curvilinear and specific to type which means that it's for spectating and playing a performance or um, viewing a sports event and so on, right? So, so there is the viability of keeping the structure is less in terms of how you want to develop it. So it'll be, it will be destroyed. So how much does that cost and how much of a material waste is that? <coughs> Excuse me. So one can look at what had transpired before and what is beginning to happen in the built environment in closest to home, closest to where you are. And what happened to those structures that are more iconic, what happened to them after serving um, for about 20 years. It's quite often it's in 20 years' time, then it's obsolete. But there are a lot of structures that that being reused over and over again, like typical shop houses. Some are very flimsy or small, so some people will just get rid of it um, because like the traditional Malay house, for example, you just destroy everything and just build on top of it. But how do we, we view this properly? How do we actually look at sustainable um, development goals properly in terms of um, looking at it in terms of architecture viewpoint? And of course, you have to cost it in and everything, but how do you seriously look at it policy-wise? And society would would um, would be dictated by dollars and cents in a way that uh, the developers could influence what is happening to the built environment. But when will there be a critical mass where? there would need to make decisions where would law and policies come where they stop developers from speculating too much. Those are other debates, obviously, and people would tell me that it's no use debating about these things or architecture, education. It's what the market demands. It's what architecture is all about. We have to follow the status quo or the normal practice. What are you going on and on about? Now we go back to that point where architecture isolates itself. What how how does a profession profession 
be relatable or be relevant to the whole industry, to the whole idea of the guardians or the ones that know the wisdom of how the built environment need to be developed and need to be kept. You know, like the guardian, meaning the guardian of the galaxy. So what I'm trying to say is that the guardian in terms of people who are wise and know that what is good for the built environment, a sense of everything, a sense of place, a sense of welcome, a sense of um, how the voids are work between the buildings and other principles like safety, usability, accessibility, um, defensible spaces, and delightful spaces, and so on. How can we actually get to be conscious of this? That's when generative design by Alexander comes into place. There's all those things that had been written about the built environment that needs to be mindful of what I've said just now, all those principles that make a, a much more humane or architecture for the community is based on generative design principles. Now, another debate about this is UI, UX designers or those who design um, using the digital method or digital way of producing. They use universal design principles much more than architects. So it's all about function is to be considered much more important over form. When we talk about the old debate of form follows function or function follows form, you know, which is much more important, form will be generated from functional um, requirements and it won't make the architecture less beautiful because what is beauty is that of the use, the utility. Yes, we have the three um, Venustas, Utilitas, and Fermitas. Obviously, it has to be strong enough to last. Or well, some architecture doesn't have to be last forever. It can be built for 30 years, depending on the purpose, the fit for purpose. Then it comes to fermit, uh, sorry, Utilitas and Venustas. What is beauty but delight in using it? After, after a while, the gloss or the form fades away. And are we building architecture just to, as a whim, to satisfy ourselves? So what is the responsibility of developers? All those who have money to build the one-offs and what is an urban public space? What is the sense of the urbanity of a sense of place or what makes us feel happier? All goes back to generative design. All goes back to objectifying architecture and just producing or serving 
meaningful spaces by using those principles of generating architecture in a way that is more humane and sensorial. There's another factor that needs to be factored in the sensorial experience, apart from universal design. And it's all related to the functionality of the design. Okay, you may not agree with me. You may think that, okay, that's my opinion. It may not be the same as others. But have we actually debate, debate, debate this in architecture education and architecture practice or what we're producing out there? Have we actually asked those questions that needed to be asked? So that's the reason for this topic today. We need to start asking those questions. And society can determine that they want to say to what's happening to the built environment.